0: Welcome to I4O. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 65 of Industry 4.0, I4O. We have a sort of slow week in tech news uh, to talk about, but there is still some exciting things that happened. Um, If we were to go into some of the leaks that we've heard from the Pixels, there's plenty of that as well, but um, we can always save that for closer to the event as more of a recap. Um, but aside from that, there is still plenty of stuff to talk about. Um, just as a quick recap of the previous episode, I know we didn't really talk about this at all in the pre-show, but um, I wanted to just kind of get it into your mind that towards the end of the episode, maybe as we were rolling out, it might be a good idea to just go over like one or two of our favorite Android applications that we use. Um, it just came to me at this moment. I know we had said we were going to prepare for it a little more, but I figured we can isolate it to at least what our favorites are. Um, and that way we have this episode to think about it. Um, but yeah, not to put you on the spot. I just wanted to, I just figured it would be a good thing to actually follow up on that we should probably mention.
1: Um, Pulls out phone and starts looking through apps.
0: That's fine. (laughs) That's totally fine. As long as we get that discussion going, I, I could care less. So, um, but without further ado, I think we should roll into the first topic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, just wanted to get that into your brain to think <laughs> about. Maybe if you have a second just to look, look through some apps you might like a lot, um, whether it's like a launcher or, or like a regular game or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, okay. Rolling into the first topic, Verizon uh, is in our sights this time. So they were caught throttling a fire department's unlimited data during a California wildfire, um, which resulted in the fire department having to pay twice as much to lift their throttling during the response to an actual emergency. Um, so for those of you who weren't aware, this had just recently broke, I think, Friday, and, um, or earlier, at the, la- at the later half of last week. And they experienced throttling by its internet service provider to one of its security or to one of its emergency response trucks, um, which has a device on board featuring a Verizon SIM card um, used to connect to the internet in order to provide. It's basically a communications vehicle for emergencies, something that gets right up to the scene and is able to to coordinate different units to help best fight the fire and respond to the emergency. Um, And they have since experienced throttling from Verizon, which is always exactly what you want whenever you're responding to an emergency. Um, Nothing quite says uh, delivering the most rapid response possible than cutting your internet speed by almost one two hundredth of what it used to be. So this is this is pretty uh, damning to Verizon. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this.
1: (laughs) So it's been heavy-handed. The, the proof's in the pudding a little bit with their uh, response here, claiming it's a customer service error and has nothing to do with net neutrality, which is clearly <laughs> just bull. Yeah. Um, and county officials are saying, yeah, it has everything to do with net neutrality. Yep. Um, and apparently, this is going to be submitted as evidence in a lawsuit to seeks uh, that seeks to reinstate net neutrality rules. Yep. But for Our good listeners and ourselves and everyone else out there Um, as an example of how you know the repeal of net neutrality not only affects your personal internet but also affects services provided to us that keep us safe Um, when there's a rampant wildfire roaring through California and you know communication and responsiveness are of the utmost importance and fire departments are unable to do so effectively due to their speeds being cut that is a huge issue and i personally don't accept verizon's oh it was a customer service error as a response because it doesn't fix what happened it doesn't tell the truth of what's happening also there's no
0: like plan to go forward on like what you do in the future like is it do you just say that if it happens like what if it happens again is it another customer service failure or
1: like... I wouldn't even say what if it happens again. I'm going to say when it happens again. Yeah. Because there's no way around this, really, unless mm-hmm. they're selectively excluding people from, you know, these cuts of speed. And at that point, yep, I would think that's out of Verizon's game plan. They're not going to do that.
0: Yeah. Also, apparently, this is not the first time that this happened to them. So back in December and June, Verizon did the exact same thing. To the same fire department so it wasn't even like a different fire department somewhere else it is the same fire department twice in the past 12 months so not even 12 months twice since twice since december so this is the third time um but yeah
1: i would um, find it harder to believe that they would you know target a specific fire department for throttling especially yeah. giving the like explosive nature of the story. So this must mean that they're just doing this in a blanket fashion where they're just mm-hmm. throttling their customers and they don't care who they are.
0: Yeah. They're throttling everybody whenever they hit a certain amount of data use indiscriminate of whether that data use was due to an emergency response or due to um, just someone downloading too many files or like, I, I don't even know, but like, it's just it sets a it sets a bad precedent And i think we talked about this like at least the like the allusion to stuff like this that could happen when we had our net neutrality talks way back last year when we were kind of going off of like this could definitely happen like what if this happened what if that happened and now we're seeing emergency services being throttled because they're not on a high enough data plan which is a price gouge at its worst most mm-hmm. and its morally worst as well and um verizon apologizing isn't enough like i really think that sure it's a customer service error but they were following a script that was set by your company and yeah. i think that as a result of that verizon i think needs to answer the bigger question which is what truly is unlimited data and do they have some, or should they enact some kind of protocol which exempts emergency services? Because, like, I can understand, like, and just given the current market climate and net neutrality not being around, that data caps are probably going to be a thing. But, like, emergency services should 120,000% be exempt from that, like, at minimum. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, if I was told via text message, like, hey, we're we're throttling you so that way we can provide more bandwidth to an emergency occurring in your area, I'd be like, fine, that's cool. I'll wait. I don't need to watch Netflix right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. But when there's a wildfire, it's a different story. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. You know, there's a, a Verizon government accounts manager. His name is Silas Buss. And he was reporting saying that the fire department would have to move from a 37 99 plan to a 39 99 plan to get the data speeds restored on the device. And then later he suggested that they move to a plan that costs at least 99 99 a month. So that's like almost tripling their cost for this service to yeah. provide a public service. Yeah. And
0: it's like a waste of taxpayer dollars. And the fact that like our emergency services have to rely on this internet service provider to give them the in to give them the means to communicate is ridiculous, I think. I think they shouldn't have to pay at all because they are first off fire departments I think are mostly volunteer. So like these people are volunteering to put their lives on the line to Im- better improve the safety and health of the people in their communities. And the fact that these people and we've heard there's been stories not reported by us because we're not that kind of a podcast, but like stories of firefighters all over who have lost their lives to these awful fires that are raging across California year after year after year. And the fact that Verizon's just using this to be like, oh, why don't you bump up to the high speed plan is like really, really crappy. And I think that's what it it comes
1: down to. It's like extortion. Yeah, it really is.
0: Yeah. Because these people, what are they going to do? They're going to have to pay it. They're stuck in the middle of a forest fire trying to communicate and coordinate between like planes and people on the ground. And if they lose that communication for five minutes, that could result in a death.
1: This isn't just a forest fire either. This is, if I'm not mistaken, like the worst wildfire in California history Mm -hmm. to date. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, this isn't, I mean, those firefighters are, you know, putting their lives on the line. I'm. People are losing their lives over this. But if this, if they can't act to prevent and respond to this, you're talking about insane amounts of casualties and loss of property, structural damage, rebuilding efforts, all for Verizon trying to get their extra sixty bucks a month.
0: Yeah, and this uh, this company has actually sent emails back and forth between Verizon and themselves on talking about this. And you had mentioned that they suggested upgrading their plan, but yeah. um, the. Throttled speeds that they were brought they had a 50 megabits per second plan and they were throttled down to 30 kilobits per second Which is like barely enough to send a text file let alone like communicate with people Like hundreds of miles away in planes and on the ground in like less than ideal connection situations where cell towers may not be prevalent or maybe inactive due to the fire And it's easier to get an internet signal further than it is a cell signal. So at this point, like, it's like, sure, you can apologize for this, but apologizing is the wrong thing to do. And I think that the lawsuits are going to come. And I think that Verizon should pay for this just because it's an emergency.
1: It wasn't even like a genuine apology. That's the worst part of it. Yeah. I've been like, like oh, you experienced this and like, it's due to this kind of error. Like, whoops yeah no admitting of like yeah maybe this throttling is a bad thing after all nope they're not going to say that i
0: wouldn't be surprised if like some third or smaller isp uh with lesser known uh prevalence would begin work to expand their network just for this explicit reason just so they can be like look we are not going to throttle you here is because california has has more isp competition than arguably any other state out there maybe like texas with austin being as big as it is in the tech space and others in like smaller areas but i know for i could probably say for a fact california is like one of the most competitive in terms of service providers just like regional specific california exclusive isps and i wouldn't be surprised if one of them offered to step up in response to this um but i think that conforming them to the same limitations as a consumer internet plan is not realistic in because this, in this, if you need an established connection between multiple points for multiple days on end depending on how long you're in the field for then I think that this like a consumer internet plan isn't enough and I think you should have a tier where if you can prove that you're from a fire service or if you're an ambulance or like some kind of a hospital or something Because as far as you want to argue it, like, the internet is a utility. Right. And I think that that's something that's not really clear in any of these articles and something that's not really well established and something that should be established. Because if these companies are relying on the internet to communicate, it's a utility. These are government facilities that are communicating. And if they are throttled, they can't do their job. Therefore, I feel like it's a utility. (laughs)
1: Yeah, like in this in this circumstance, it's a public service. It mm-hmm. is directly to a public service and a very important one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that the California State Assembly is going to be hearing this case for the throttling of the Santa Clara County firefighters is a good thing. Because I think it will bring in that bigger conversation. Like, is Internet a is it a utility it's not a service it's not provide it's not something that any company can just establish and provide you have to lay millions of dollars of fiber lines you have to not only that but you have to provide a fair and even distributed service to people who rely on it such as emergency services and then you also have to be able to provide reasonable response times to throughput not like hours after the media is contacting you about why you throttled a fire department (laughs) <laughs>
1: like right. exactly. like come on.
0: <laughs> like I, I've been I've been mad about net neutrality, but this is like a whole new level now just because this is just awful it that really this is. is that we're even talking about this. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully Verizon will uh will put its head not where I'm thinking it is and start <laughs> thinking more proactively about emergency services.
1: Uh, I don't share your optimism. I'm afraid to say, but
0: yeah, I don't know. Like I'm trying to be optimistic about it, but we talked. We we've talked at length, and anybody who's listening, you guys can go back on net neutrality and listen to our many conversations back and forth about our thoughts on net neutrality, what it is. I think we even did an Ifro explains on it back we when. Did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah um the net neutrality rules that were implemented under the previous administration would have prevented this issue i feel um but it's something that we're hearing about it's 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 funny because it only goes back so long right around the time net neutrality was repealed yeah so what are the odds yeah really what a coincidence yeah yeah (laughs) so um yeah that's uh the fact that and the article sums it up pretty well the california hearing it's saying uh, the issue stems from the fact that firefighters went over their limit, which is a little different than net neutrality. So it's it's less of a net neutrality issue and much more of a, like, what is this thing called the Internet and what does that mean for emergency services? Um, so that'll be interesting to follow that case and see how that develops. And for sure, I, I don't think this is the last that we've reported on this either. So no. I think that we're going to talk about this in the future.
1: In fact, we have some more to talk about right now.
0: (laughs) Do, actually. So, (laughs) 22 states have asked the U.S. appeals court to reinstate net neutrality rules. Um, So, a group of 22 state attorneys general and the District of Columbia late Monday asked the U.S. appeals court to reinstate the Obama administration's 2015 net neutrality rules. Um, So... It looks like there is a concerted effort from basically half the states in the country to get this looked at again especially when you have this myriad of of like false flag information and just like bad coordinating in terms of the FCC and the current administration's repeal of net neutrality Um, there was the fake DDoS attack there was um, the like the complete ignoring of all of the comments, um, just like just left this failure left and right when it came to this repeal and not actually looking at it and seeing all the facts is it's for what it is, um. And it's arguing that the FCC re- reversal is actually going to harm consumers, which, if you look at the Santa Clara Fire Department, it actually is harming their consumers because, yes. by definition of Verizon, they're a consumer. <laughs> and yep, um, they also argue that the FCC failed to identify any valid authority for preempting the state and local laws that would protect net neutrality. So there's yeah. the cases that came up with California and the FCC Chairman saying that California and other states can't enact their own rules to override the FCC. Um, so there's no, there's no valid authority for that. So this is just another piece of, there's another log for the fire, if you will, um, oh my gosh! that will be this lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize. That. <laughs> oh man.
1: It took your so, reaction yeah. for me to get that. <laughs> Sometimes that's how it is. Whoops. Okay. Yes. Governors in uh, six of these states have signed executive orders on net neutrality. While three states have enacted uh, net neutrality legislation. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, our everybody's favorite guy, FCC chairman, Ajit Pai, uh, repeatedly said his, his rules will be upheld. He encourages additional investment by providers. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not murky at all, just from a, you know, what was said there. Nope, um, not at all. So the Senate, if you remember, voted in May to keep the net neutrality rules, but it's unlikely that's going to be approved by the House of Representatives or the White House itself. No. Um, But the state attorney generals who are suing, uh, representing these states, uh, is on behalf of 165 million people, Mm -hmm. which is more than half of the United States population. Um, including California, Illinois, New Jersey, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. Uh, and here's the, the golden ticket. Here, the states are arguing that FCC action could harm public safety, citing Whoa. electrical grids as examples, or fire departments. Maybe
0: fire departments um, can't talk to yeah. each other.
1: So their argument is that with the absence of open internet rules, it jeopardizes the ability to reduce load in three times of ex- in times of extreme energy grid stress. Consequently, the order threatens the reliability of the electric grid. Just mm-hmm. like in times of stress for fire departments, it is reducing their ability to communicate about this and thus threatening our safety against fires. Yep. Wow. It's yeah. almost like they could have saw this coming. But yeah. But they so didn't if care.
0: That they have a meaningful defense and why any of this makes as big of a difference
1: as it does. If only... The people and the state's opinions meant as much as the lobbyists and the big telecommunications companies. Maybe
0: twenty-two states will make a difference. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if that so, number keeps growing. I'm I'm fairly certain that like at least in the political sphere that net neutrality is going to be a hot button topic among Democratic candidates. Um, I feel because I feel like for whatever reason this will somehow be a bipartisan issue, even though emergency services should be able to get the info they need when they send it but you know I think it's... It's gonna,
1: I th- if it does become bi- bipartisan at that point I think it's going to be something where one side says this is going to affect your emergency services the other side says no it won't here's why and yeah. that'll probably be in, you know uh, something that they can't really back up but they'll want people to believe
0: yeah because one side will be funded by ISPs
1: <laughs> and so. how do you see this Like, you don't get to see these numbers of the throttling until you experience it and mm-hmm. at that point it's too late. Yeah. So, you know, you could say all day that it's not going to happen, but when it does inevitably you're going to be caught with your pants and, down and yeah. then
0: and what's an apology worth at that point?
1: Right. Especially so. if a bill's already been, you know, voted down or something that could have prevented it.
0: Yeah. And um so right now we have this 22 state legislature that's that uh, that's being Pushed through, which is going to be an appeal, and then also you have governors in six states with their executive orders, as well as three states with net neutrality legislation of their own. So um, we have definitely not heard the last of the fight for net neutrality, and I think we have definitely not seen the end of this at all. Um, Not at all, at least for the emergency services' sake, because that like it was one thing when it was just me and like my internet speeds, but it's another thing when like it's interrupting people who actually need reliable connections, abilities to communicate with people in events of emergencies. Like that, that's a whole nother thing to add to this and a whole nother reason to get behind net neutrality as an issue. And um, I'm afraid that if it doesn't get overlooked, then I think we may see more of the issues such as what happened with the fire department uh, going forward. So.
1: Yeah, and um, in, California, the Assembly for Communications and Conveyance Committee um, approved State Bill Eight Twenty Two, which was submitted by Senator Scott Weiner from. He's a Democrat from San Francisco, and that passed with a nine to three vote. Um, that bill has been uh, gutted by that same committee, and now is going to a full Assembly for a vote. So, in California, there's a chance for this bill to pass and really get the ball rolling uh, for other states to follow. Okay. So. We'll see what happens there. More stay follow, tuned.
0: yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, um, just because obviously we need to talk about this um, because <laughs> we are we happen to be on Twitch, and for whatever reason, this game consumes technology news for as literally, like, literally, anytime something happens in this game, they mm. have to talk about it. Uh, so, yeah, and- um it-
1: and Ninja is one of our biggest fans. Obviously, so. yeah.
0: He's right. yeah. No, obviously. Um <laughs> <laughs> so um without further ado, the game we're talking about is obviously Roblox. No, it's uh it's Fortnite. Um Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite, more like Minecraft, am I right? No, it's so there's a there is a security ble a breach, not bleach. There was a security breach that happened in Fortnite. Um discovered by Google and um there was a little bit of a mess around how that information was disseminated to epic games um Mm -hmm. so with with that with that being said epic games is obviously frustrated with how google handled this um google is citing that they just simply followed their standard procedure so for those of you who are uninformed there was a Uh, security exploit um, shocker there that there was one that happened found in the launcher for Fortnite through Epic Games and the download client which enabled you to have a I think I forget the name of the term that they used but I think it was like a disc in the middle or something in the middle attack where basically there was a security exploit where the download could be redirected to a third party site and they could install whatever they wanted to your samsung device to your android device um, so obviously with that being as big of a security flaw as it is um, google reached out to epic games a few weeks ago um, citing this error and giving them the details of the fix that needs to be implemented um, Epic Games implemented the fix and deployed the update to their late, to their website for the latest download of Fortnite itself and the client. And pretty much immediately after, Google published the entire technical details of that hack publicly for people to view. Um, and Epic Games says that Google should have waited the 90 days. So, I mean, this kind of is like a difference in issue like epic games was saying that there wasn't enough time for their user base to download the update so now that the news of the breach is public it's possible that some of the unupdated clients could be vulnerable to this breach um, if someone were to attack epic games for this and with fortnite being as big as it is i wouldn't be surprised if there was an attack that happened just because this is easily one of the largest game revenue services out there like this game i think they've made somewhere in the ballpark of like hundreds of millions of dollars like a month off of this game
1: so So, the vulnerability was inside the fortnite installer app yeah okay so follow my logic here it says epic patched the fortnite installer and deployed it to all android users who installed the app like with games on steam on any console on your phone in general typically if you go to play that game it's going to make you update that game yeah right before you can play it so my question here is what users would really remain vulnerable if that patch had been pushed if you get your installer from somewhere other than fortnite where you're already at risk yeah i don't i don't really see how you know, if this is already patched in 48 hours by Epic and pushed out to users, I don't see how Google really, you know, spilling the beans, so to speak, is going to make those people who are vulnerable any more or less vulnerable. My I, guess... I, I get that it, like, you know, allows those with malicious intent to take advantage of it, or try to at least, but if the patch is already out, I don't really know what those 90 days are going to do, because you're not going to be running the game if you haven't already updated it yeah yeah but and maybe i'm not seeing the big picture i don't know
0: i'm not 100 percent sure but google's google was right that their decision to not release it through the play store leaves people more vulnerable like we uh, saw 100%. that coming we saw that <laughs> yeah. coming and i'm wondering if i haven't seen this with apps that are not on the play store but um if you push an update to an app that isn't available through the Play Store does it have that same ability to automatically grab that update or does the, the game, user right? yeah or does the user have to go out and seek this update and since I'm the vulner sure. yeah and since the vulnerability lied within the app itself um it, maybe it didn't update at a regular enough schedule and then like you because there may be one of those situations where um for example at pretty much any game on, like, Origin, where when you download it, there's an update for the games and then a separate update for the launcher itself. So that, I think, is where uh, the issue might be with this particular um, Epic Games launcher that they provide for Android. So, like, the launcher itself has a bug where if someone did not update the launcher, then they could go and attempt to download Fortnite if somebody was targeting that device they could push a malicious application to the Android device instead of an update or make them think they had an update for Fortnite when in actuality it was installing something in the background behind the scenes. So I think that's where this issue is. It's not in the game itself which gets regular updates through the launcher but I think it's through the launcher itself um, Hmm. which is a whole nother issue. If you have to update from two points then it slows down your ability to respond to these types of issues and um it's a matter of google's disclosure method versus epic games disclosure method so you kind of have these two conflicting things going on
1: and i think it's obvious that it's kind of throwing jabs at each other here google's you know they found the bug they tell epic hey you've got a bug in your installer like Hint, hint, you wouldn't have had this if you came and put it through the Play Store. And like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll patch it. We got it done. Just don't say anything about it yet because we want to keep the user community safe. And Google's like, well, your disclosure policy on 90 days is not one that we share. So we're going to go ahead and let people know right now. Mm-hmm. And the question it comes down to is that a morally good or bad choice on Google's part and vice versa for Epic. Is it safer to keep the community in the dark for 90 days and like you know, have your your update pushed out, or is it maybe better to disclose that information early so people are more readily installing this patch? Yeah, I and don't know.
0: I I mean, like you, there's kind of faults on both sides as well. Um, just because Epic Games chose to leave a platform which is more secure than an open APK market, which is arguably dangerous. Um, just because you're about as safe as on a Windows computer installing a third-party application. There's just as many security flaws that way Um, instead of downloading it through a first-party app store where the responsibility is on Google to keep that secure. And then all Mm -hmm. you have to do is focus on the application at the cost of 30% of the revenue. Um, But it's another thing because Google um, explicitly refused to comply with epic games's request to keep this security issue under wraps for a longer period of time and that's where i think we get into the issue of like is google salty that they're missing out on all that sweet sweet well, fortnite I think skin revenue
1: they're definitely salty yeah i'm yeah. trying to get it are are they right are, are they right in doing this for any reason are they doing this with good intentions somewhere or is this just a jab at epic
0: i would say it's just given the fact that Epic Games is like, please don't do this, that they're more in the wrong than in the right. Um, that being said, Google did wait seven days um, after the updated fix had been released, um, which given if it was on the Play Store, that would have been more than enough time to ensure that an update was automatically rolled out to all devices yeah. that had it and a much wider install base would be fixed. But that being said, um, like I said, Google kind of went by the seat of their pants there and ignored Epic Games's explicit request to not release this, which I think is a little shady. Um, Maybe and- it's
1: also, you know, a power move for other app developers and game developers to kind of say, hey, you better go through our Play Store or mm-hmm. else this could happen to you. Because yeah. certainly Epic's looking a little bad right now for this.
0: Yeah. And I mean, this is one of the perils of what happens when you take your application into your own hands on an open source platform. So, I mean, it's really a matter of he said, she said type deal where it's like... It's like, but you took your platform offline, so you're gonna expose yourself to much more security issues and then Epic Games is like, but you didn't give us enough time to make sure people fixed it. And Google was like, Well, that would have been a shame if you hadn't moved on to our platform. It's really right. quite a shame that there isn't some sweet platform that exists where you can install your app onto and we roll out updates <laughs> for you. It really really would be a great thing if there's something like that existed. Oh, it's the wait, low, would low you look of, to Play Store. Yeah, for the low, low <laughs> cost of thirty percent of your revenue for skins, which right. pulls hundreds of millions a month or whatever, regardless. So, I don't know. I mean, like, it's, it's peanuts to Epic Games, but it's a big, big flaw that Google discovered. And I mean, like, I'm kind of okay with Google talking about it that way, just because I think that um, given the current market, anybody who does install a third-party application knows what they're getting into. And I think should be well aware of the risks that could occur. And if it's through a company that has opted to explicitly not go to the Play Store, then they should be regularly checking up at their site to ensure that they have the latest security patches installed or if there's no additional updates or if their version number matches what's on the site because that's arguably the only way you can make sure that you have the most recent patches from their site because I don't know if it's reliable enough to do it on its own. I don't think you should trust that
1: and it's kind of a different point than what we made when we first covered this story because at first we were like well if people try and get it from a different mirror than getting it directly from epic then they stand to get something malicious but here they're getting an installer from epic that has potential to be modified and become malicious yep and by what means that's done is it through getting it from a different mirror or is it done by you can already have the app and then it can be modified to do this Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's where the issue is here that makes epic look really bad to me yeah it's their own installer that has this gaping hole in it it's not someone who took the time to modify it to make it that way
0: yeah and i think this will be like debated by podcasts and security experts all over on the true nature of who's really in the right here. But I think, honestly, I think both of them are kind of at fault here. Like, Google should have probably waited until a larger percentage of their install base had the fix before they announced it. But at the same time, can you really rely on that if it's not going to happen on its own? So, right at that point, you follow your own company's standards. But uh, there, there needs to be communication between these two platforms because, arguably... If there's any reason now why somebody's going to install a third-party application, it's going to be because they want Fortnite. So yeah. I think it's on Google to make that as safe as possible for people who are both using that application and running Android devices. That's... Instead of Because ultimately the end user is, is hurt here. Neither company yes. is really hurt, but the end user is going to suffer. So that being said, if anybody listening has Fortnite, Please check the Epic Games website if you have it on Android to ensure that you have the latest installer. Um, yep. Do not download it immediately. Um, that's the that's your local i4o PSA. Download your latest Fortnite drivers. <laughs>
1: Printer drivers, fax machines, take them offline, update yep. your Fortnite. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's one more if you're a T-Mobile customer. One more thing. T-Mobile customers. Well, yes. there was an announcement on August 20th that T-Mobile was hit by a group of hackers and they were able to gain access to personal information from roughly two million customers. Yes, T-Mobile has uh,
0: stated importantly that no financial data, social security numbers or passwords were compromised.
1: Um, which is good. Yeah. However, however. Uh, name, billing, zip code, phone number, email address, account number, and account type of users. Uh, Is the kind of information that was disclosed. So if you are a T-Mobile customer, uh, according to T-Mobile in their statement on a breach, they have notified anyone whose data has been stolen or they will be notifying those whose data has been stolen by a text message. So if you are a T-Mobile subscriber and you did not get a text message regarding this, there's a good chance you're safe and your information safe. Yep. However... If you did get a text i would uh pay attention to it because this is a valid story i also Um,
0: think that being said for anybody who does have a t-mobile account um myself included i think that you should most certainly change your password um regardless of the information because we've seen this with yahoo um the full details of the attack may not be public yet they may come out yeah. and be like, "Oh, look! It looks like passwords were taken," and then by that point, it may be too late for whoever perpetrated or whoever perpetuated this attack. Or I don't know the word for it. I'm just not even gonna try. Tried this okay. attack. I, I tried. There was the effort there. Um, but that being said, um, they said that the attack had affected less, slightly less. I'm sorry, than three percent of their 77 million customers. Um, so that's good i guess um it's definitely smaller than yahoo's and small much smaller than equifax's so it's not the worst hack we've ever seen but it's still kind of a foolhardy issue from t-mobile's side where they weren't fully checking everything and making sure that they were the most secure um yeah i don't know i don't know um I would like to take this as a reminder uh, for anybody who does want to check if you have been like hacked by anybody. There is a website out there called Have I Been Pwned uh, and I have that up on the stream for anybody who is interested. Um, you just simply type your email address into here and it will search all the known breaches and inform you if your username. Or account or whatever has been pwned, if you will, which is um, collected in a mass hack of a service or a website. So it's less important to know, but it's definitely good to know. Um, there's also services out there that are good for informing you if passwords were breached, so you know that if if you type in a password that you use, um, it will tell you if you were hacked as well. So. Um, Just a random PSA, but I did want to bring that up, just because it is something that's important to talk about. Yeah. Uh, knowing if important. you, knowing if you've been
1: pwned. And I used that site when you first told me about it, and realized I was pwned in the LinkedIn hack. So I changed my LinkedIn login and everything. And yep, knock on wood. Been yep. good ever since. I was pwned like way back in a MySpace breach,
0: I think. But that email's dead, so I think I'm all right. <laughs> But um they got
1: they got access to your top eight. They, too. they know what
0: uh yeah, they knew what my top eight was. Oh my god. Oh
1: man. What a throwback. it <laughs> <laughs> has been a long anyway.
0: time since I've been on MySpace, but yeah, so yeah. Now it's owned by Time. And Tom is off in Hawaii, <laughs> Hawaii taking pictures. But yeah, he's always
1: hiking according to yeah. Instagram. Always hiking. Always. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't have a segue for this one, but let's no. jump right in. That was Europe. my segue. <laughs> Europe is looking to ban halogen light bulbs.
0: Halogen, Hawaii, it's close enough. Um, yeah, but so yeah. after nearly 60 years of lighting homes, halogens will be replaced with the more energy efficient LED cousin, if you will. Um, I was just reading that little banner just because it fits so well and it sounded really good in an announcement. But um, Oh no, I didn't even realize there was a pun in this article. It um, says uh, the lights will dim gradually for halogen um, so a continent-wide switchover such as this one would enable leds to slash the cost of emissions and energy bills across the entire continent so um, it's worth noting that the this phase out of led will prevent more than 15 million tons of carbon emissions per year and it will save them an amount equivalent to Portugal's annual electricity usage. So, with every Europe-wide ban of halogen, you will gain back one free Portugal in money. <laughs> so, one Europe-wide band. What was that?
1: I said end in terms of emissions.
0: Yes, you save yourself one whole Portugal. That's right. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of soccer. That um, is. But yeah, so it's going to be good um i feel like the only issue with this now is it may be a bit preemptive just because led bulbs are more expensive than their halogen counterparts um the technology has been around much longer for halogen bulbs so the obviously the cost of those bulbs is down to like i would say in like certain places you can get them for less than a dollar in the us so i would argue maybe even cheaper in the year in the eu so um it's so there's some arguments from people saying that this ban is going to um negatively impact the lifestyle of the consumer and i don't know i think this will take much longer to roll out than they're hoping that it will um that being said it's just going to be logistically impossible to ensure that everybody has gotten rid of halogen bulbs but maybe they'll do it like a starbucks thing where they'll just stop getting rid of They'll just stop selling halogen bulbs, where their
1: Starbucks, the parallel Starbucks is getting rid of straws. Then you'll have your uh, black market and halogen bulb dealers, and <laughs> this crime will skyrocket. Just a
0: guy in alleyways, like heard you need some bulbs, like opens up his trench coat, and he's but, uh, got a trench coat full of halogen bulbs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, these. I mean, I think you mentioned, Matt, these LEDs have about a 15 to 20-year life expectancy. So these bulbs are are worth it in the long run with savings. Um, Statistics here in in the average British home says they have about 10 halogen lamps and uses each light bulb for about three hours a day. That's in 2012. So who knows if that's gone up since then. But uh, in terms of emissions, uh, buildings account for about 40% of energy consumption. And lighting in those buildings accounts for 15% of that. So uh gives the carbon footprint from lighting, uh of it's it's higher than aviation and shipping combined. Yep. According to statistics. Fifteen percent. And you
0: can you can argue the negative impact on consumers all day, but honestly if it is preventing a wasteful service and a very energy intensive form of just lighting in general, then I think it's better to rip the band aid off with that than it is to do a slower rollout, which may never happen given just the standard process of bureaucracy and red tape politics and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm in favor of this. It's not whether or not you're allowed to use a light bulb, it's what kind of light bulb you're allowed to use. Yeah. So it's not like. I, I could see there being arguments here about like a freedom of choice of what kind of technology you want to use, kind of like if you want to use a car that's really, you know, not fuel efficient, you can still do so within a certain boundary. Yep. But with this, they're kind of just saying, nope, you can't use those anymore and this is going to help the planet. It's going to save us money. It's going to yep. save you money.
0: And while um, it's important to note also that while a halogen bulb may be cheaper upfront, Um, an LED bulb will pay for itself within a year. So if you really want to budget this out, just start saving now and then just buy all your LEDs up front. And then within a year, you'll be literally making money off of your energy savings. So, I mean, like... Compared
1: to if you had used halogen, yeah. mm Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's something like one-sixth the energy consumption of a halogen Mm -hmm. bulb. So you'll be saving quite a bit of money in the long run.
1: And LED bulbs are pretty bright. Yeah. Um, I know some people like the kind of like softness that you'll get from a halogen bulb as opposed to an LED, but. Fortunately, I you mean, can replicate that. Right. Exactly. My next point. You can, and especially with like smart bulbs nowadays where you can dim them and then, you know, change colors and what have you. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's, it's worth it's noting.
0: Good... Yeah. I was saying, I was about to continue off of that. Keep going.
1: I was just going to say, it's good. It's a good gig. I yeah. mean, I feel like. It, it's not a bad direction to move.
0: Yeah. And we were talking about this on the pre-show a little bit, but it's worth noting that um, like for those smart bulbs that you were talking about, a lot of people, mm-hmm. whenever you mention like Philips Hue or um, what is it, LifeX or the other companies, that mm-hmm. the cost of the white bulbs, which is going to be probably what you'll replace 90% of your halogen bulbs with because I don't think you need RGB in your whole house, is they're about like, I think in the US they're on like like 15 bucks a bulb. And I think they regularly go on sale lower than that at times around like the holidays and Black Friday and when they try to bundle this stuff. So um, it's basically equivalent to what you're going to pay for an LED bulb anyway. So maybe difference of like a couple of bucks. So if you were planning on doing smart bulbs, then that's a good first step into it. Um, Right. And you do save a lot of money on that stuff. And, like I said so, you can you can make them more or you can make warmer or softer if you want, depending on how you're feeling that day,
1: right, so you don't have to stray too far away from your trusty, dusty halogen if that's your thing, yeah,
0: yep, you can still get the warm bulb with all, all the warmness of the bulb with none of the radiation and heat right. coming off of
1: it so and this is this is as we noted in in Europe where this band is taking place, yeah. but but if you want to implement in your
0: own personal household band. You, too, can join the movement.
1: <laughs> you can make yourself a sign for the front yard that says halogen light bulbs banned in this property. Yeah.
0: This, <laughs> this house LEDs the way to LEDs leads the way.
1: Oh, there it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to. You, you've taken away my segues. All
1: right. Enough about light bulbs, Matt. Enough. Br- bring in the old Elon.
0: Let's talk about Tesla. Oh, the site's got an ad loaded on it. Let me fix that. There we go. So, um, moving away from electricity and talking about Tesla. (laughs) um, So, they are going to remain public. um, Completely a 180 from what he had said a couple weeks ago. (laughs) um, saying Saying that the shareholders believe that the company is, quote, better off with tesla being public um so yeah elon musk is completely 180 which kind of i feel like this is going to accelerate those uh, investigations if anything um as to whether his stunt a couple weeks ago saying they were going to go private at 420 dollars a share was more of just a way to try to artificially inflate his stocks or not
1: um i think that's the big question because he's kind of Got his foot in a bear trap there, right? Yeah, it's a little shady.
0: Um, especially when he's flip-flopping this hard on something as simple as his stock for his company. Um, it, it You're going to hear on the news, it's going to bring a lot of question into his ability to maintain the company as it's basically its sole decision maker, um, aside for the board. So um, this is not a good look for Musk.
1: At all. No, it's not. I feel like Twitter exposes the dark side of public figures so much these days. I said yep. this before. I know yep. I have, but it's just. Um, it's very around. Yeah, it, it, it seems like I, I'm not really sure what his motive for doing this would have been, other than just to see what happened see if his stock value would go up i mean clearly it did when he first announced this and it seemed to go down a little later after that and now he's saying oh well most shareholders i spoke to said that they'd remain with tesla if it went private but they're really saying please don't do this Mm -hmm. a lot of people are saying that if it were to go private it would you know go against his priorities like mobility as a service Autonomous trucks, yeah, energy storage, passenger drones—things like you know, aspirations he has has that could be maybe shifted or diverted away from if they were to go private. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, and um, he's so focused on getting his Model 3s in line. I think that's where his attention should be. I think it shouldn't be on Twitter, trying to generate hype around his stock. Um, yeah. So he's got huge plans for the company. That's that much nobody can debate and that much is empirically true about Tesla. That being said, I think that with a company that has as much potential as Tesla to be the forerunner of electric vehicles and like the first company that comes to mind whenever somebody thinks about purchasing an electric vehicle, more importantly, I think that he kind of needs to rein in his own stress and his his tweeting and everything just in order to make sure that he's actually gonna deliver on his expectations.
1: The only thing I can think of is that it's publicity. Like it keeps his name in the news, it keeps Tesla's name in the news, it keeps people interested in what he's doing. Whether he will ultimately succeed or fail is up in the air, but in the meantime, his name is the one that's on everyone's lips because yeah. regardless
0: whether this happens or not I think there are going to be people who follow Tesla to the ground if this company does run itself that way uh, yeah. they gets, you can't deny that he does have a cult following and there are people who will believe everything he says and defend it until their last breath so I think that without a doubt that this definitely isn't the end of what we've seen from Tesla and I think yeah. going forward that this only is going to be fuel to the fire for those people uh that being said that for the rest of us there's still stuff that needs to be proven such as just his temperament on twitter somebody Mm. who's just as likely to tweet a blowhard tweet as our president i think is a dangerous statement so with avoiding getting political
1: yeah well i mean it's been made publicly known that he's deprived of sleep, and he's working insane hours, and he's mm-hmm. sometimes sleeping in his factory, and not getting to see his kids enough, and tweeting in that kind of an environment just doesn't seem like a good move. Yeah,
0: especially you're a couple Ambien away from a Roseanne level tweeting. So I think that's right, that it's, exactly. And, he, and he's t- yeah. he's reported to have taken Ambien before too. So that's
1: how he sleeps, that's what yeah. he says.
0: Yep. So maybe whenever he takes that ambient he should put the phone down and turn it off yeah. when he goes to sleep.
1: Another weird thing is this migration of Tesla employees to Apple, which is something that's not a lot of details have emerged, but there's some news that Tesla's talent is headed Apple's way. And I know Apple has some big initiatives with electric self-driving cars. Um, it makes me wonder if there's competition stirring up there, if there's any truth to those rumors that we had months ago about maybe apple buys tesla and maybe elon elon jumps in as some kind of executive officer or
0: uh the head of the division or something yeah i don't tech, know technology maybe officer yeah and uh, who knows if that's going to come from him or his shareholders either so right like i, I don't mean, know if they're going to push him out or if maybe they will push for someone to come in and like take over the decision making while
1: elon musk can focus on the work well, it's something I thought for a while. I mean, his, his skill and in innovation, bringing new ideas to the table, kind of getting people excited. He's obviously a brilliant person, um, but I don't think it, he can do all this by himself. And that's mm-hmm. what it seems like is happening. You know, you can build so many facilities. You can have whatever team. But if he were to team up with the technological and innovative talents of someone like Apple, who's known for changing the industry in the past... Um, that's where I think he'd get a lot of support and a lot yep. of motivation if you if are not stifled yeah. to really accomplish his goals. Um, I agree. So whether that be done with Apple or not, you know, that remains to be seen. Something, yeah, something I obviously can't tell you. But um, I would think at some point he's going to need to team up with someone else who shares his kind of drive and his, um, his talent for yep. innovating. Yeah, in order to make all this stuff really happen the way it's supposed to.
0: I agree. Yeah, But um, I don't even know. Like, I guess we're going to have to see this as it goes because this has been a heck of a week for him so far yeah. just in the news. So I think we're going to have to report back on this whenever we hear a little bit more of a concrete decision on this because I don't think we're done with these kinds of tweets about the company going
1: public, going private, what it's doing, when it's doing it. So, I think maybe, we're maybe yeah. maybe uh Tesla tweets will become a regular thing for us to comment on on our own Twitter,
0: maybe, yeah, we'll see i right. yeah. I've been trying to be excuse me, I've been trying to be a little more uh active on Twitter as well, um yeah. just talking back and forth and getting conversations going, and um there has been some more activity on our Twitter, so anybody who is interested in what we're talking about, I encourage you to go check us out on twitter um just to get that conversation going, what you think about Elon Musk.
1: So Yeah, we would love to hear.
0: Yeah. And Um, whether the Twitch chat is on to something when they say that um, Elon is biding his time so he can become the supreme ruler of Mars, or if he's just doing this just to get people mad on Twitter, who knows? So I think that remains to be seen.
1: Um, (laughs) I guess we will see. You know, I've actually talked with uh, Film Live about this before, um, about... You know, if 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 they if mankind is to colonize Mars, will they be ruled by Earth's government or were they will they found their own? And he's convinced it'll be anarchy. <laughs> yeah. If it's anything like the
0: there is a there was a show that aired on Sci Fi. Um I can't remember the name of the title of the show. It was like a spiritual successor to another um another major sci fi show. I can't think of that show. What is that called? Um I need to look that up, but I, I need to know this on this show. So that way I can get this information. Out. Cause I watched it and it was really good. Um, so, so let's find out. Um, <laughs> I need to know. I really like, I can't end the show without this getting out there. Um, okay. Uh, the expanse that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. The expanse. Uh, so it'll be something like that where Mars is its own like sovereign entity. Um, ruled by
1: elon musk
0: yeah he'll just be the leader of it yeah 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 that one i needed to know which one and that was the spiritual successor to firefly which is the other show i couldn't think of yeah people have been people who liked firefly moved to the expanse
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that is a wonderful chat there i think that that's the that's the exact words that were said yeah in our personal conversation yeah (laughs) I love it. So so if you're not viewing live in on this uh Twitch chat, this is just another reason to uh tune in live for the show cuz we have some very flavorful commenting going on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good conversation <laughs> all the time. All right, Matt, before we do our outro, let's give you let's uh, put out maybe two apps. I was Android I was
0: going to tell you we should just do two apps just to start and then maybe if we have a bigger list going forward just like two things that you love currently that you can't not have on your phone.
1: Um. Well, I'll give you one. Okay. Okay.
0: We'll do one and one and then one and one. It's,
1: and one. it's it's a, a tried and true for me. It's a it's a game. Okay. And it's very popular. And there's been news with it recently. It's called uh, Clash Royale. It's okay. By Supercell. It's uh the I guess successor to Clash of Clans. Different play style. This one is a card based playing game. Um, where you basically are playing a game of, like, chess on steroids versus another person. Um, There's a king's tower. If it's defeated, uh, the game is over, and whoever beats it uh, wins the round. And then there's two princess towers in front of that. Um, Those are each worth one crown. So the objective is to destroy one of those and then you can choose to either go for the king tower for the three crown finish as it's called. Or you can work your way on the second one, play defense. So much strategy involved. It is absolutely addicting and uh, I happen to play it with some of my friends nice. and we have a great time. Yeah,
0: I'll have to check that out. Um, my f- one of, like, I think my, arguably one of my favorite applications and it's a first party Google application. Uh, it's not a game, but it is the um, Google Play Opinion Rewards app. Um, hmm. So this application is you fill in some basic demographic information about yourself and they will occasionally send you surveys to complete um, about like places you've been to, um, what videos on YouTube are most likely to get you to click on it, just like some basic metadata around how you use your phone and how you basically interact with your surroundings and so occasionally they'll have you like hey write a review for this or whatever um, but the benefit of Google Play Opinion rewards is the app is that they will actually credit you on the Play Store um, so that way you get apps on the Play Store which um, or you get money for the Play Store which you can rent movies from you can buy albums you can purchase apps um, and you get it pretty frequently too um i had an issue and i think we talked about this a while ago where i had not gotten surveys for a long 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 period of time um but they had just recently i think in the past few months rolled a feature out where you can reset your account and i reset my account and set it all back up again and i've been getting surveys probably four times a week maybe more depending on the week and i've got about $12 that I can spend on the Play Store Um, so basically like any app that I I see if I want to remove ads from it or if I I like the developer and I want to get the pro version for more of the features I just do it like it costs me nothing so this app has saved me so much money on the Play Store because I'll have like I have the pro version of my Reddit app I have the pro version of this that whatever and you can and it's so nice it's so nice yeah yeah. And i think depending on if the app will offer you to use your play credit you may even be able to use this in-app for purchases as well um Very so cool. in your clash royale game i'm sure there's an in-app purchase you can make which you may be there's able to use yeah, yeah you okay. may be able to use play credit for it so who knows well,
1: yeah another just another note on the clash royale too since you brought it back up um they're trying to make a big push into the esports game um, mm-hmm. So now they have teams that are live on YouTube playing each other. Uh, this is something that people would broadcast or streams, uh in the past, but now there's actually an eSport similar to like Rocket League. Okay. Um, nice. But without further ado... You should give uh, me an app that, a,
0: Yeah. Give me sorry. one that isn't a game. Give me one that isn't a game, yeah. and I'll give you one that is so a game.
1: Here's a utility app, and uh, I'm sure you can accomplish some of these features maybe within your phone as it is but it's called a cam scanner okay and i love this app because you basically use your phone to take a picture of a piece of paper or several pieces of paper you can also do it on um, like photos that already live on your device but basically if you lack access to a fax machine which you probably do (laughs) Um, or a printer, you can you know have a piece of paper that you have like a signature on or something like that. I
0: threw away my fax machine after our last episode about the yeah. fax machine breaches.
1: Well, that was a smart call.
0: Yeah. But <laughs>
1: to finish up, you could take a picture of that piece of paper with your signature on or what have you. And basically, you can tell it what the corners of that paper are. Um, it'll auto adjust the orientation size of it and uh, add effects to it to make it more legible. And then you are able to save that as an image file or PDF file. So if you need to email someone a document on the fly, um, you're able to do that wherever you are. Very nice. And Yeah, definitely it's come in handy for me in the past.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome, especially for things like maybe even like expensing stuff and getting information off of documents. That would be really... Really good for that.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So those are, those are my two.
0: Okay. um, Mine, I, so we'll just do the inverse. So my second app is a game, much like huh. your first app. So uh, it's a game that I play basically like if I'm in a waiting room or if I'm sitting somewhere and I'm like not really into – like I've caught up on Reddit or if I'm like done reading the news for the day. Nothing left to see on Twitter. Um, and I'm like I'm just kind of trying to kill – time and I've done this like in airports and train stations everywhere um, there's a game called square it and um, this game it's just called square it it's got a little square like icon in front of it it's a puzzle game where uh, you're supposed They give you like a a region of blocks and you're supposed to by swiping up down left and right um, you fill in all of the space available with like because as you swipe like it's kind of like Tron where if you swipe down it creates a down trail so you can't cross over your existing trail so like you have to kind of do it in a way where you don't cut off certain parts of the level so you can like get to it and finish to like make sure you get every spot but once you fill up all the spots you just tap and then it slides to a new uh, map and it's like it's really simple but like sometimes they'll make it more challenging by adding like two things that you're in control of so you have to manage two um, blocks at the same time and it's like it's very like mindless and it's just something you can do with one hand and it's a very fun game to play it's like a cool yeah.
1: sometimes those are the best kind simple but effective and
0: there's no like score there's no leaderboards there's like there's a score it just tells you how many you've completed but like and the levels are infinite they are randomly generated forever so it's just something you just open up and just kind of mess with and call it a day whenever you're done. There's no like commitment to it. You can just put it down at any time. Awesome. Yeah. That's like easily my favorite Android game just because of how pick up and put down it is and that's kind of my approach to Android games and mobile gaming in general, like how easy yeah. it is to put it down. Walk away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, if otherwise I, you can walk. I'm very ADHD when it comes to my phone use so like I could spend 15 (laughs) seconds in a game and then be like oh I saw a notification from Twitter what's on here and like jump between apps a lot and not have to worry about missing anything or losing out on a timer so but yeah the app is called Square It for anybody who's interested in downloading it Um, but yeah I think that just about covers it so we had Clash Royale we had Google Play Opinion Rewards Um, the third app that you had said a
1: screen cap It's actually called Cam Scanner.
0: Cam Scanner. And then there is Square It. So for anybody who is interested in spicing up their Android device, uh, feel free to check those out. I believe all of them are free um, with the Uh, exception of in-app. Yeah. Sorry. With the exception of in-app purchases, obviously. Right. Um, All of them are free. Which I try to stay away from. Yeah.
1: Um, That that goes out to uh, Priscilla Villanueva. It was the one who requested this conversation there on our Industry 4.0 Twitter. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed Priscilla. Mm-hmm.
0: And I love talking about Android apps too because I like, I always like I'm excited to tell you guys about it. So I might as well put it on the air, right? So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's pretty much how I view our friendship in the show in general.
0: Yeah. There you go. That's it. That's the easiest way yeah. to talk about tech. But, um, that's right. But yeah. So I think that, uh, brings us nicely to the end Of the episode it Um, does time sure flies when you're having a blast (laughs) um but that being said uh if you as the viewer not jeff yeah you already know about this want to know where to find us and you are either listening on twitch and you're like hey these guys are pretty cool i want to follow up with them and listen to them when I'm not always on Twitch because I'm not on here 24/7. Or even if you are and you're like, I want to listen to them on something else while I listen to another person on Twitch, you can find us on Podbean at podbean dot industry or industry4o dot podbean dot com. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, that is our home, but you can catch up with us on a myriad of other platforms as well. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, basically anywhere where fine podcasts are served to you. Um, You can do so by looking for our logo when you search for it, which is on the screen right now for anybody who is uh, watching the live stream Uh, You can also find us by searching for the name of our podcast, Industry 4.0 or i 40 Sometimes that works too. Um, If you don't feel like typing and you have a Google device or an Amazon device, you can ask them to play our latest episode and they'll do it. Um, And if you still can't find us, you can reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, or Instagram, anywhere, and just be like, hey, um, I can't find you guys somewhere. Can you give us a link and help us out? And I can tweet back at you and be like, yeah, sure, here it is. And um, all of those are industry 4 all spelled out. Um, that's O as an O-H. So, yeah. Um, aside from that long-winded outro, uh, <laughs> I think that brings us to the end of episode 65. And thank you guys for watching. See you guys in the next one.